this is Clément from Commit, and today I'm with Michael from Horizon. Uh, hey, Michael, how's it going? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me, Clément. You're welcome. Uh, Michael, please, could you could you introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. My name is Michael Sanders. I'm one of the co-founders and chief storytellers at Horizon. And uh, yeah, our mission is to make Web3 easy, fun, and accessible for users and builders. Nice. Uh, this is a perfect introduction. Um, so how does Horizon differ from uh, all the blockchain game studios uh, in terms of its approach to the game development, for example, and the blockchain integration? Yeah, so I mean, as a company, um, you know, as I mentioned, it's really about making blockchain easy, about developers being able to work with it and deliver these amazing and seamless Web3 experiences to their users. Um, so to achieve this ease of use and fun and accessibility, we have two main products. Um, the first is Sequence, which is an all-in-one developer platform and smart wallet that makes building Web3 games and applications easy. And then we have another product called Skyweaver, which is our free-to-play uh, trading card game. Recently, it was named actually 2022's best blockchain game, which is a really nice accolade to receive. And um, yeah, you know, it's like, we really set out to make Skyweaver a fun game that anyone could enjoy, especially trading card game and strategy players and you know folks who don't need to know anything about blockchain. And in fact, more than half of our user base, it's their very first Web3 or crypto experience they're ever having. And you know we've been building both Skyweaver and Sequence in tandem for the last five and a half years. So it's been through building Skyweaver and encountering all of these pain points around infrastructure, around wallets, transactions, marketplaces, purchases, everything, um, that we've solved all of our own pain points and productized those solutions into Sequence, which is this you know, all-in-one developer platform and smart wallet, so that all kinds of game makers and other consumer-oriented applications can leverage our tools um, yeah, to deliver these seamless experiences to their end users. Okay, um, so the blockchain, I mean, the gaming, we'll start with that. The gaming industry is a really complicated, I mean, it's it really compli complex. It's really complicated in its approach, in the way that gamers uh, see, see their games, uh, see the, the, the studios building their games. Uh, they, they, they proved in the past that they were, uh, mostly against NFTs, like we we saw it with Ubisoft, for example, which is a triple A uh, studio. I mean, uh, gaming studio. Um, what inspired you to develop a blockchain-based game uh, platform, and how do you envision the future of uh, blockchain in the gaming industry? So uh, we set out almost yeah, it was in 2017, so five and a half years ago, and it was really about empowering players um, around the ownership of their game items. That's kind of what initially inspired us to be able to leverage these Web3 technologies and deliver it in a way that an end user could really enjoy, you know, not need to educate them in any explicit manner, but just experientially deliver them something that's fun and uh, that, that they benefit from. And so we really thought about, you know, what are the reasons that a traditional or a Web2 gamer buys in-game items. And we, we sort of deduced that the three main reasons are there's utility, you know, you can use the game item in a Web2 game. 
uh, there's status because you might get to show it off amongst other players. And then there's the pleasure of collecting, which a lot of people, you know, they just enjoy collecting goods. And then we thought like, okay, how can we enhance this? And how does Web3 elevate um, the incentives for buying items? And we, we discovered an additional five major reasons why folks would want to buy Web3 items. And the first of which is that there, uh, there can be an underlying value associated with the item because it's decentralized and you can truly own it. Um, and then that gives you the ability to sell it or trade it. Um, and then there's also this notion of cross-game or cross-brand interoperability. Um, and happy to kind of give some cool examples of that down the road. Um, and then there's this notion of persistence, right? Like when you own a Web3 item, you get to own it forever. And uh, that's really powerful. Um, and that, that can actually allow communities to kind of run with games and expand upon them more easily. And then um, lastly, there's also like your collection history and profile can actually appear in all of these different worlds, right? So your collection can exist in more than one place and you can, you can kind of show it off or demonstrate it. And of course, those five new reasons, they're in addition to the three that exist in traditional gaming with utility status and the pleasure of collecting. Um, so we really set out, you know, back in 2017, we're like, how do we make a gaming experience that anyone could enjoy? Uh, so we made Skyweaver, we set out to build it and a really cool and fun trading card game with novel mechanics, uh, beautiful artwork and like creating um, just a good immersive experience for players um, that a lot of like strategy players really enjoy and TCG players. And then of course, layering in this component of ownership and trading, right? Like taking this notion of um, physical trading card games such as Magic the Gathering or Pokemon and then translating it into the digital world where you can actually trade cards in a trading card game. Um, so that was the inspiration for doing so. And to your point, Clement, about, um, you know, some, some players or some gamers have been vocal against NFTs, right? And, and I think that narrative is, is shifting. Like, I think it, there are a lot of um, folks who are vocal about their, their distaste for it. Um, maybe like a year, year and a half ago, but I, I think tides are changing. And a lot of that I think has to do with even just simply things like nomenclature, like calling things digital collectibles instead of this, you know, NFT term, which has some baggage around it. Um, but, you know, I empathize with why a lot of folks were upset initially because some of them have a distrust for gaming companies. You know, they're like concerned about the way gaming companies monetize. Um, but in reality, you know, NFTs and digital collectibles in games actually do give players greater advantages through this ownership. Um, they also create tremendous advantages for game studios and how they can engage their community. So I think folks were upset initially because a lot of the first generation of Web3 games were very first generation. A lot of them were mostly like kind of financial applications masquerading as games. But now with, you know, great content, tons and tons of studios around the world that are entering Web3, I think players are going to start having Web3 gaming experiences that they just really enjoy. And the Web3 or the NFT component won't necessarily even be at the forefront of it. You know, like, I don't think games are going to be marketing it as like, oh, come play this amazing Web3 game. It's like, no, come play this amazing game. And then here are these like benefits of trading and ownership. Um, so yeah, I, I think the future of gaming will see most video games, in fact, leveraging Web3 technology in some way and to varying degrees, depending on what kind of game it is and what that studio's mission is. And what would you say uh, 
you or as a company representative, um, what would you say to people, to gamers that mostly uh, are mm, against um, blockchain-based game, uh, saying that this is uh, really polluting because the blockchain is polluting, uh, because it's a new way for uh, gaming studios to make more money and to milk the, the gamers. Um, and I mean, this is some kind of narratives I've all the time uh, I, I hear or I've read on Twitter. And this is what, for example, Ubisoft uh, has to face and they, they, they finished by, I mean, the, the situation ended up like we have, we stopped, we just stopped the game and, and then we will continue with, with what we have already built. And yeah, let's put aside NFTs. What would you say to, to, this, to this kind of players, gamers? The concern around the environment is certainly a valid one. And I, I think it was much more valid um, prior to the merge in Ethereum. And I can explain that for folks who aren't familiar. Um, but you know, just so everyone knows, like my background is actually in clean energy. I was working in a clean energy company. So I'm very passionate about the environment and so are many people in the Web3 ecosystem. And fortunately, the concern around the environment um, is no longer actually needed really because Ethereum, it moved to something called proof of stake and that reduced its impact on the environment by 99.95%. So, you know, it's making, making barely any like negative impact on the environment. But furthermore, um, the EVM or Ethereum virtual machine architecture that uh, enables a lot of these other blockchains, which are called EVM compatible, such as Polygon, or um, you know, immutable, or there's avalanche and optimism and arbitrum, et cetera. But just to give you an example, right? Like ne networks such as Polygon are actually carbon negative, meaning they're having a positive impact on the environment. And yeah. um, you know, it's actually like it's much easier to decarbonize Web3 than to decarbonize the creation of steel, cement, or air travel, let's say. And the Ethereum plus EVM plus Web3 ecosystem actually have the opportunity and are already doing so in many cases to go beyond net zero to actually have a benefit on the environment. And with the things that we're doing with uh, Sequence with our developer platform, we actually uh, unlock utility for all of these eco-conscious EVM compatible chains. Um, so I, I actually think like Web3 is, is um, doing a good thing uh, around the environment. And, um, and, and I think more and more people are starting to understand it, but it's just a matter of education, right? Because previously, like Ethereum was proof of work, so it did have a greater impact on the environment. Yeah. Still, though, not not significant compared to a lot of other industries. But now it's like it's reduced and can actually be uh, environmentally beneficial. Yeah. Uh, well, I I fully agree with this statement. But um, the one of the other issues, like yeah, it's a new way for companies to make money. Uh, to make money on, on, on gamers and uh, obviously a company has to make money to continue to uh, produce uh, good games mm -hmm. and uh, you are not an NGO, you have to make money. But um, in the meantime, the, the, the worst, um, I mean, yeah, the, 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 the worst idea coming is like, yeah, what benefits do we have as a gamer and what's, what, what, what is the yeah 
what is your your answer your response to that what what do you offer to to gamers uh, playing a blockchain game mm -hmm. there are a number of things that we offer and and again i think the first um the first major benefit is oriented around ownership so just like very simply you know if you buy an item in a traditional video game you pay money for it and you don't actually own it you know like if the game shuts down it disappears many games prohibit the trading of items or to do so you need to go on some gray market website which can feel sketchy there's counterparty risk um you know you might get scammed um whereas in web3 like your item is digitally and securely um authenticated on and uh, tied to the blockchain which means you can own it in a decentralized manner so no matter what happens to that game you can trade it or sell it um and it's permitted like it's actually encouraged by all the web3 games that i'm aware of um so the ownership is really cool because then you know it has this resaleability if you get tired of a game you can exit the ecosystem and you know go elsewhere which is really powerful um it also allows for i think more like creative opportunities because just like take skyweaver as an example right a trading card game the cards exist in a decentralized manner it means someone else could actually build like a separate game around those skyweaver cards and the same way then like you could just go show up and play this different game with your skyweaver cards so it's like affording um, more creative opportunities and community engagement and i think there's like some really powerful ideas and um an innovation that will come out of user generated content and some cool things like just as a as a concept and i haven't seen anyone fully execute it yet but i know that the projects working on it something we're considering as well is like imagine you um inspire or incentivize your community to create uh in-game items and then you know you you pick like i don't know like the top 5 submissions or like oh we're going to make these cards in skyweaver for example and then like when they trade in the secondary marketplace if you have a, an in-game marketplace which you can do um then you could actually like charge royalties on every time that those items traded and maybe there's a revenue share between the creator and the game company so by being like a you know a, a contributor to a game you can then actually monetize your 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 fandom and your passion for the game and then that's actually a win-win for both you and the game company you could both monetize it or the game could be like you know what all user generated content like the royalties go entirely to the creator um so i think that's really cool um there's also like you know just as i mentioned earlier about like persistent user profiles being able to show up in different virtual worlds with all the items you you own and like kind of represent yourself and express your identity in a way that's not possible with traditional games um and then furthermore i think there's something like really cool around the concept of cross game or cross brand collaboration and as an example just like you know the uh game nba 2k24 like imagine if um let's say like you could buy web3 versions of like nike shoes in the game for your players right like nike could actually just look and be like okay what look on the blockchain and see like what users own nike gear or nike shoes like in 2k24 and then nike could just like airdrop all of those users something right it could be like a collectible it could be a voucher for like free physical merchandise or you know it could be all an invitation to some event and i think that like the permissionless uh brand collaboration is really cool in a way that like adds value to players 
um, in a really cool way. And like, that's just like one idea, right? But I think Web3 is really opening up this whole new approach to game development um, that I really do believe though, it starts around the item ownership and then kind of expands outward from there. Okay. Um, okay, let's focus more about uh, one of the, your biggest product, which is uh, Skyweaver. Um, in what ways does Skyweaver uh, differ from other traditional uh, TCG? And uh, how does the game incorporate blockchain technology uh, to create a unique gameplay? So we know that each card is an NFT, but what makes Skyweaver uh, different from Hearthstone, for example, which is kind of old, in my opinion, or Magic the Gathering. I used to play a lot of, uh, of Hearthstone. I uh, wasn't some kind of hardcore gamer. Um, but what makes you so unique uh, if we compare to, I don't know, um, Parallel or, um, yeah, uh, Immutable Game? Um, yeah. Yeah, um, so since the onset, we've been very focused on building a game that trading card game and strategy players would love and adore. So we've been building um, since early 2018 and we had our first alpha in late 2018. And we invited lots of trading card game players to give us feedback and tell us what's working and what's not. So since the origin, we've been, you know, it's been like five years of just like evolving this game and listening to players about how to make it more fun from a very like, video game fun perspective, not so much from how do we make the web three component super fascinating and interesting, right? Um, so it's just been about like building with our community, listening to them. And today we have lots of like Magic the Gathering, Hearthstone, Pokemon pros, like even some world champions who actually tell us they're like, we think you have the ingredients for what could become the greatest trading card game ever. And I think like we're still, you know, we still have a lot to achieve before we could ever claim a title such as that but it's like really um wonderful inspiration and like validation to hear like wow these like really amazing tcg players are thinking this about our game so like let's continue down this path right so there's a lot of like novel mechanics in the game design um new, new features that are that are quite cool and innovative and i think from like a learning perspective and a depth perspective we've we've tried to make it as easy as possible to learn kind of more in the vein of like a hearthstone but with a depth that's more akin to magic um, and we're actually now focused on making Skyweaver more accessible to a more casual audience because we have like really strong feedback from like hardcore trading card game players and strategy players. And now we want to make it like even more enjoyable for those folks who aren't as deep on, you know, thinking through how to manage like a 30 card deck and like considered among 650 total cards. Um, and then the Web3 component, you know, how, how Skyweaver really differs from traditional um, CCGs or, or TCGs is, is really like it, it is the ability to trade digital cards um, and to be able to win those cards through competitive play uh, and to own them. Um, so there's like some cool tournament game modes where you can enter and like win um, different collectibles and trade them and it has the built-in marketplace to make trading seamless. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of a summary of, of how it differs from the other trading card games out there. Okay. Um, and what role do you see uh, for non for NFTs uh, playing the future of blockchain gaming? Um, because if we if we look at, uh, for example, Steam's uh, revenue model, uh, they they probably they they won't be able or 
won't be keen to open their items to be sold on 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 a blockchain platform as they make like thirty percent on their uh, you know um, secondary markets. Mm. Um, so, what role NFTs can uh, have to uh, compete with a uh, business model like the one from Steam, for example, or on I don't know, like Apple Store, uh, games, and uh, all these marketplaces. I think you know Web three really empowers both the players and the creators. And when when more and more content, more and more games come out where users can own their items, I believe they will increasingly demand that experience because. You know, it's, it's a classic analogy or a classic kind of argument that if two games are equal and in one you get to own the items and in one you don't, like, which one are you going to choose? And, you know, we believe most people are going to choose the one where you can own the items, right? And then if trading is an, you know, because then you're able to trade, right? And then if you're doing it, let's say in a video game um, on the internet and, you know, the, the marketplace of that game is charging like a 5% fee or a 3% fee or 7% fee compared to like what, you know, other like Steam or Apple or something charging these like 30% fees, right? Like users are going to start to, you know, gravitate towards those things. They're going to really value the fact that it's um, more symbiotic, like it's more empowering to the user. And, and so they'll, they'll want that experience, right? And then ultimately though, it, it just comes down to great content, you know, like if, if there are amazing games that are leveraging Web3 technology, people will play them. And if they're trading, then, you know, the players will trade because if that's part of the game loop, part of the economy, part of the fun, then that will happen, right? And if there are great games in Steam and Apple that don't leverage NFTs, but people still love them, then people will probably keep playing those and they'll, they'll trade and they'll or well, they won't be able to trade, but they'll be happy paying their thirty percent fee on all in-game item purchases, right? So I think it's I, I think they'll likely both coexist for a while, um, but that players, as they start to understand the value of these things, will increasingly gravitate towards these Web three and NFT experiences, and then therefore they'll they'll demand that from the game studios, and it'll become like it'll become the way forward for most games. It, that that's what that's what we believe. Okay, uh, well, that's fair. Um, so he here is the tricky question. Um, <laughs> um, we have a lot of major uh, gaming league for League of Legends, for example, uh, for Pokemon as well, uh, for um, StarCraft even if it's a bit old now, but there's like lots of uh, major uh, gaming league. Uh, when are we going to see a blockchain uh, TTG uh, gaming league uh, worldwide and with lots of people? Because, for example, I know that uh, Immutable with Golden Chain tried to organize a, a couple of events and competition, but so far, uh, in my opinion, in my point of view, uh, this, uh, uh, it was some kind of uh, just a wow effect and then just fall, fall, fall apart and nobody paid attention anymore. So um, are you planning? Are you, do you envision to launch something? And what could be a, or what could be a great uh, blockchain uh, gaming league? 
Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I think, I guess kind of the temptation is that games might rush in to trying to make it an esport and trying to build these really big leagues before, you know, having like a solid community and like a really engaging core game loop and a lot of retention and like an organically growing user base that then demands that a league exists. Um, we believe like from the Skyweaver perspective that you should kind of be patient with it and wait for the community to grow to a point where it's like, it's demanding tournaments, it's demanding leagues. It's in fact, creating their own tournaments and leagues. Um, and in fact, Skyweaver has a really cool tournament uh, and league ecosystem that is primarily um, user run, like primarily run by different folks within the community. We do have uh, an official Skyweaver tournament every year and, and we support all the folks who are building leagues and stuff. Um, and for that to expand to like the, the scale that you're speaking of, Clément, with like, you know, Pokemon, for example, it just, I think the steps we're taking now with the game to make it more accessible to a casual audience and to like really focus on the retention and that players have a lot to do in the game and um, not just for like a, a hardcore strategy audience. Um, then I think you open up the opportunity for there to be like really large leagues that people have many reasons for participating in. Um, so, so that's what I think on the Sky River perspective. And then it, it's pretty similar, like on the sequence perspective, right? Because right now sequence is, um, there's, there's about like 65 or more projects who have integrated with sequence or are in the process of doing so to power their games and applications. And most of them are, are actually games. And, um, I think like, you know, some of these games are amazing. Like there's Hunters on Chain by Boomland. Um, there's, um, uh, there's Bullyverse, which is really cool. There's Sunflower Land, which is like a farming simulator. Crop Bites. I don't know if I love this gym. Oh, you do? Cool. Yeah. So, so all, all of those leverage um, sequence, and I don't know if there'd be a Sunflower Land um, league, but like I could see a Hunters on Chain league, for example. Um, and maybe yeah. there would be a Sunflower Land league. Like I just, I just don't know. But like, what I'm saying is like, there's more and more awesome content coming out and there's also more and more like web 2 and traditional game developers now entering into web 3 and they really understand game design and how to build community and you know once that content gets released and those games are out and people are playing them then it just it grows right and then like eventually there will become a massive league for many of these games and I, you know I, I also think like will we even know like will we even call it like a web3 game league or does it just become that web3 games are ubiquitous and there's so many of them that like we don't we don't even use that term anymore right it's like it's just a great game and and like there's a league around it just like i don't think anyone really calls traditional games web2 games they never called them that until web3 came out so yeah what what, what do you think like what do you think it's going to take Clément? Uh, actually, uh, well, last year I used to to um, I used to to have a an, an esport team and uh, with players on uh, on God and Chain. So we had uh, one of the best players uh, in the world uh, playing God and Chain. So they were ranked uh, in the uh, two to three best players, um, but it was really difficult to find, um, even if they used to play uh, lots of uh, competitions, but it was very difficult to find a, a some kind of an, a real esports structure, an esport league to make them play. 
uh, and compete with, uh, I mean, all the players in the world with brackets, uh, I mean, with national brackets uh, or um, regional ones. And um, I, I, I thought that, um, as you said, um, because or thanks to the Web3, nobody talked about Web2 before or Web2 games before, but uh, I think that uh, actors uh, or main companies of this ecosystem might need to um, team up uh, to create a major esports uh, league or competition. It might, I mean, you probably, as a company, as a gaming studio, you probably have some uh, perks to partner with your competitor to organize the a bigger, uh, you know, um, esport league, so you can attract uh, you can attract uh, the best players in the world. You can make uh, uh, this is only suggestions and uh, probably just coming out of my mind. It's probably totally untrue, but this is what I thought uh, was missing when we used to 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 have our players playing uh, Gods and Chen, for example. And um, there are also a lack of innovation uh, coming from from this from this game, and that's why uh, most of our players uh, just left it uh, and continue. Gotcha. Yeah, that that makes sense. I mean, obviously, as you know, as a gamer, like gamers can never get enough content or innovation, so you really have to just like continually evolve with them and learn and if you get a really core amazing game loop then a lot of them will stick around for a long time um and yeah that's a really cool insight about like kind of like different games and partners working together um sort of like somewhat related to that is actually hunters on chain which is powered by um sequence and then sky reaver of course which is powered by sequence they're yeah. doing like a cross game collaboration right now where if you achieve certain things in hunters on chain you get rewarded a sky reaver card and if you achieve certain things in sky reaver you get a hunter which is this like nft collectible character um as a way of like incentivizing each of the different audiences to try out uh the other games so like that's one way of collaboration, but then like, yeah, games collaborating in kind of an esports league or a league of some sort um, is, yeah, it's super cool. And I'm, yeah, I'm sure we'll see companies uh, and games innovate around that. Um, yeah, I think it's fantastic. And one of the biggest issue in my, just in my opinion is the, like there's some companies or, or some studios that, that are, um, uh, that, that, Build their their games on 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 some blockchains, for example, on Polygon. They prefer to build on uh, on a Avalanche subnet or uh, I don't know. Um, uh, well, anyway, on any uh, EVM or even on Solana, for example. And I think one of the the biggest issue is for players to think. Uh, each time, oh, so I have to use this. Uh, I have to have this wallet to be able to play on these games. And uh, if I want to stop, so it will be this way to move my assets mm. and stuff like that. And most of the players are non-crypto native uh, gamers. Mm -hmm. uh, and this this is some, some kind of pinpoints I've also highlighted. And 
maybe it's easy now to bridge uh, tokens and NFTs from a blockchain to another one, but this is also something that it is very difficult for non, uh, non-native crypto people. Absolutely. Yeah, th- those are actually some of the things that we're solving with Sequence as the developer platform. Um, things around bridging and moving assets from one network or one game to another, um, things around you know gasless transactions, enabling that making it possible to purchase collectibles directly with credit or debit. Yeah. So, you know, cause new folks don't, they don't have the crypto to do it in the first place. Sure. Um, and, and yeah, so we have a lot of solutions in the sequence developer platform that makes the user experience uh, more seamless, whether you're brand new to crypto or if you've been in it for a decade. Yeah, definitely. Well, I got two more questions for you. Cool. Um... <laughs> And we are done, uh, and you will be free forever. Oh man, um, ask away. This is fun. <laughs> okay. Um, one is uh, is somehow a bit tricky, but uh, you have the Joker card, so you are not obliged to 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 answer this. Uh, so, are there any upcoming uh, projects or? any alpha news you can share with us, with our audience about uh, Horizon or Skyweaver uh, more precisely, and if we can share it with us. Yeah, um, so I'm not sure, like, <laughs> it's hard It's hard to get super specific. I can give some, like, alpha broad strokes in that, um, you know, I mentioned that around 65 different projects are have integrated sequence or are in the process of doing so. And then there's hundreds of more projects in the pipeline that are, you know, we're discussing with and they're, they're thinking about it. Um, and this ranges from, you know, Web3 gaming startups such as like Tower Conquest Metaverse Edition by Super Gaming. Actually, I mean, they're great Web2 builders and that's their first Web3 game, amazing game. I mentioned, you know, Sunflower Land, which is a Web3 startup. Hunters on Chain is built by Web2 folks coming into Web3. Um, like we're also integrated with Magic Eden and um, there's even map mapping applications like a, you know, kind of like a web three version of Google maps, but all these like cool incentives for contributing. Um, And, you know, coming out in the, in the future will be a lot more web three games. And it's ranging from like startups to, and like we're in conversation with some of the biggest, um, you know, traditional gaming companies in the world, in addition to consumer applications and brands. So, Without like being able to reveal any specifics that we haven't yet announced, um, there's a lot of different kinds of Web3 experiences that will be uh, coming to market that are powered by Sequence. And yeah, really looking forward to like just people having great Web3 experiences without even necessarily knowing right away that it is a Web3 experience. They're just like, oh, cool, like I get to own these items or I'm incentivized this way or I get these rewards or like this is fun. And then now they're they're these like they're Web3 participants and they kind of they see the value that it offers. So just really excited to like enable this next generation of, of content. Definitely. Well, disclaimer, this is absolutely not an advertisement, but Sunflower uh, Sunflower Land is absolutely uh, addictive. <laughs> uh, uh, it, it, it reminds me of um, uh, Farmville. I don't know if you had to, to, to play this game and I, I used to play it when I was uh, in business school and yeah, oh boy, I I've wasted so many hours playing this game, and uh, yeah, sunflower, sunflower land. Sorry, uh, it, it reminds me of of this game. Uh, but still, need a lot of improvement. Uh, they are in the beginning of the game, and but yeah, really cool. 
Yeah, it's great. And we know like Adam and Steve and um, some of the other founders over there and they're, they're so committed to their community. They're always yeah. listening, like really wonderful people who just want to make something that's really fun. And uh, yeah, so cool. I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll send this podcast to them <laughs> so that they can hear us celebrating. Cool. So Thank you very much. And this is the last question. Um, it, it could be more personal. Um, how do you envision the future of blockchain, uh, blockchain-based game uh, in the next five, even 10 years, even if it's really long-term, but how do you envision it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, th I think it's going to be really beautiful. And I think our definition of what gaming means will really expand because I believe that virtually all internet applications, whether they're game or otherwise, will leverage Web3 in some manner and will create this deeper immersion for users and this deeper relationship and symbiosis between the end user and the creator. Um, you know, like virtual worlds, metaverse type experiences where you can express your identity in like multiple different ways, right? Um, just something that like piques my curiosity is like, it'd be so cool to be able to like fly as me, like in another world, right? With like some cool, crazy Web3 clothes or collectibles that I own. And like, they're like invisible or like flying capes or like they have fire on them, right? And like, and I think, I think we're gonna see really new ways of human collaboration and the way we exchange value and the way we perceive value um, and the way we have fun together. Um, and I'm also really looking forward to how the physical world and the digital world enmesh more symbiotically. Um, because something that I, I hope we avoid is like all of our time spent in the digital world and we kind of forget about nature and like physical human connection. But I think there's really cool ways where, you know, just like imagine like a Web3 version of Pokemon Go. Right. And it's like you incentivize like human interaction by giving people digital rewards like NFT digital collectible versions of what you create and like being able to inspire like human connection in that way. Um, so I think it's like, yeah, I, I think it's going to be really beautiful. And uh, I'm look for, looking forward to like all of the innovation and the new projects we see uh, coming over the coming years. Definitely. Well, actually, if Nintendo is uh, probably to have some, po I mean, a NFT, a Pokemon as NFTs, it, it, it would be awesome. Uh, I just bought the, the, the last game and yeah, um, it would be like really awesome to, to play with the, the, the first generation. I mean, the first generation will be very difficult because it was on on games that weren't able to go on, on, on internet. But uh, I mean, the last uh, couple of, uh, of games, yeah, it would be crazy, definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Michael. Thank you for your time. Uh, and thank you for being here. And uh, I hope you the best uh, at Horizon. And uh, yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Clément. And thanks to everyone for listening.